Hello, welcome to the show Get Into It, where we do just that. My name is Jordan Rice. And I'm Ambry, and today's topic is lack of representation, more specifically, our struggle in finding ourselves in these characters. So let's start by explaining how we have made progress. We have, or at least Hollywood, has made some progress towards diversifying its space. Um, it sure is better than what we had when we were younger, and it still has a lot, a long ways to go. So it's it's more diversity, but it still has leaps and bounds it needs to do. Yeah, and like, so when we were younger, um, I think there were like a few shows that we saw people that looked like us in uh, that really, for me personally, it made me excited and like feel like I was seen which I those moments were so special to me like being able to go turn on Disney Channel or watch a movie and see someone that looks like me was probably the the most exciting thing as a young child which I can only imagine like other kids that were around me at that age the white children never experienced that because everybody literally on television and on in movies looks like them so it's easier for them to just not care about it as much and not notice it because it's just been given to them because the world caters to white people mm-hmm. so when i watch things like that so raven or the proud family um or for me my movie that i just like was obsessed with was the Wiz with diana ross and michael jackson mm-hmm. obsessed i watched that movie over in my lifetime probably over a hundred times like easily like that's being very generous to myself so I don't sound like a psychopath but like (laughs) I've watched that movie so many times and it was just because one the main character is black and she's a female black female and she's also doing something that I want to do in my life she's singing she's dancing she's acting And so for me to see somebody who was not only looked like me, but doing the things that I wanted to do, it was so empowering. What about you? Same. Um, It was my escape from the world that I was surrounded by. You know, I, you know, it wasn't really like a conscious thing. I don't think, I don't remember consciously turning on the television and being like, I want to see a black person today. It was more of like, <laughs> I need a black on my screen. <laughs> I need a black person now. Um, no, I, it, it, it was more of just like a feeling. It just, it made you feel good. Because it made you, because in my environment, being surrounded by uh, white suburbia, I finding black people was not, it was like, where's Waldo half the time? You know, you had to spot them. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my mom said that when we were younger, my brother, because we used to live um, in a predominantly black area. And then when we moved over here, I guess my brother, I think it was my brother, didn't see any black people around there. So they went to the store one day and there's a black couple in there. And my brother just like his mouth drops and goes, black people. Like there's black people. <laughs> oh my people. God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was either Trey or me. I cannot remember if it was me or Trey. And I feel like Mom's gonna be like, it was you or it was him. But one of us 
one of us had the it was, there's black people and the other one of us saw white people were really scared so <laughs> for sure <laughs> that's how it feels that is how it feels it's like brethren and you like want to like run up to <laughs> you're like hey oh my god um but... you, i'm sorry <laughs> No worries. Yeah, that exact feeling, that exact, that exact thought. Because um, <laughs> that there's some I don't know. Because you might have nothing in common with that person, but you have like this, you know, that like feeling this identifier. Uh huh. That you you have some type of shared experience automatically, mm-hmm. right? And that's so powerful and so comforting. But yeah, seeing, look, looking looking through the channels, I wasn't conscious of trying to find a fellow Black person. Um, but when I did, I felt such immense joy because I, I didn't see that around me in, you know, in my vicinity. So like some shows that really uh, pulled my heartstrings, like Family Matters. This is like an old Ooh, nine, yes. Yes, 90s sitcom. The wind the sitcoms were actually killing the game. Killing the game. No, for In real. In terms of representation and writing. Let me, let me just, let me not limit them. Yeah, for sure. And it was interesting. It's like after the 90s or like when we were going to early 2000s, nothing really sitcom wise, nothing really progressed, right? There was no other. Of the writer's strike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just being honest. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, right. God, the, the birth of reality TV probably. <laughs> God, I hate greed, but like, <laughs> I we have lost so much because of some greedy white people. But um, um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> anywho, <laughs> uh, back on topic. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, and that's a raven, definitely that one for sure. Proud family for sure, just brought me joy. But like you said, like you, because like similar, I don't think I was like I need the blacks on my TV right now, but I think it was <laughs> when we saw them there, it was like the the joy that we felt and the excitement that we felt now looking back on it, it I realized that's because that was a special occasion. You know, like like seeing black people on TV was, it was like a treat. And yeah. which is like really unfortunate because I I'm just thinking about how every person of color has been forced their entire lives to look at white characters and find themselves in the character. Mm -hmm. And no white person has been forced, like overwhelmingly forced to do that their entire Mm -hmm. lives. So when- Isn't it trippy? It's actually kind of crazy. Like when you think about, when you sit there and are like, white people have never had to look at people who don't look anything like them, have no shared experiences with them because of their race. Let me say that part, because of their race and identify with them. Like they don't have to do that because the world caters to white people. And so then when you have situations like, I know there's more, but I'm trying to, I'm thinking about uh, when they announced Halle Bailey as playing Little Mermaid. And everyone in the world just like uh, lost their mind. Uh, what a day that was! What that was a, a week. Day. That was a time. Yeah, that yeah, that was a time. That was a time. That discourse was hilarious, though. Like, I was people, laughing. People were so like they like were... genuinely angry. Yeah, 
I've, ne- I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And like, so you would think that they struggle to find themselves in roles. Baby, you have 16 other princesses lined up in the bag. Girl, what are you talking about? Like, literally, what are you speaking about? And it's cra- it's literally crazy because you can't even go to Disney World because Disney World likes to have like a, a, a very accurate, very exact version of the princesses. You can't go to uh, Disney World and take a picture with Little Mermaid and her be black or her be Asian or whatever because she's going to be white. <laughs> you know, that's how they that's how they cast them and make sure they look exactly the same. So it's really weird to me. <laughs> it's like you it's not like you're losing the character as a whole. This is a new fresh er, uh, interpretation that's the word interpretation of the little mermaid and it's so ugly that they feel like it's a loss no (laughs) i will never (laughs) no no. and that made me think about something that you said earlier which is diversity isn't the depletion of white roles Mm -hmm. um because like the way that they were like attacking because that's the proper word to use they were attacking her like via social media and everything like that because she got offered to play this role i was like they've had everything handed to them and then when the when the uh producers writers whoever wanted to expand that it felt like they were losing something being like something was taken away from them something that was theirs was taken away from Mm -hmm. them over a literal fictional character of a mythical creature and it just goes (laughs) to show you how like white supremacy seeps into the even the deepest levels of yeah. society they honestly don't think they were conscious of how like entitled they sounded how like little kid they didn't get candy they sounded like stomping their feet kicking their arms <laughs> like i it was i don't it was just whining y'all are whining for what <laughs> it was just so funny because i i am a proud proud occupant of black twitter and when i tell you <laughs> you are i really real. am i love my twitter feed gosh um when i tell you there was some there was some um <laughs> there was some words exchanged uh and it just it was just hilarious because they really have no argument there's no other argument other than you forcing white supremacy down my throat like there's literally no, there's no way you could justify being angry at this girl for accepting a role that nobody it's not a historical figure like there's no it's not her race wasn't really necessary the race has nothing right? to do with the story. the story it has nothing to do with so the plot. It was, i just found it funny like they were just trying to grasp an argument like they were just pulling out of thin air <sighs> which just goes to show you how important representation for is sure. because those people who are complaining didn't get one thing in their eyes they didn't get one thing they were going to be forced to see themselves to find themselves in a character who didn't like them who didn't look like them excuse me one time yeah. and they couldn't deal like they could I not handle it i was like welcome to the world of the blacks ladies and gentlemen <laughs> for real members of the court yes welcome <laughs> welcome to the and people of color experience yeah go ahead so go ahead yeah, because, like, and also the interesting thing about, you know, Halle ba- Bailey playing that character is she was going to be playing a character, like we said, that had nothing to do with her race was not going to be important to the plot at all, mm-hmm. which is was going to be refreshing in a whole nother sense that, like, when there are Black people in film, 
scripts and TV shows, a lot of the times that's like an integral part of the story. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, we can't just have someone. What did you say earlier? Like, we couldn't we can't, have. We can't have a kissing booth. I know. I don't know if y'all know that Netflix movie that everybody's just living for. But a, a movie that basically just is there. <laughs> you know, like, you watch it just to cleanse your mind of the world's monstrosities. Right? And it has no purpose other than just entertaining. There's no underlying plot you have to, like, trudge your way through. It's just, it's just a concept <laughs> it's just like it's just a movie i'm unconsciously watching this movie and enjoying it we don't get extended that luxury for some reason like we don't we don't get to feel good movies for some reason nah we the slaves <laughs> we, we the servants <laughs> we the slaves we the servants or we're the help oh, like like the help God. and not the slaves, the slaves the I mean, servants, right, but wow. or the gangsters you know and it's that mm -hmm. part, ooh, that infuriates because... me. That infuriates me because, like, I'll take, honestly, I'll take the civil rights movie, the um, the historical movie any day because I love history a lot. I'll take that mm -hmm. over the, ooh, I was about to say a title of a show. Um, <laughs> the shows, like, that have to do with, like, police officers and criminal justice type shows. Where they just typecast the crap out of black people, mm -hmm. like and and other POCs. Let me be frank, because if there's going to be a terrorist, they're going to make it someone who looks like they're from the Middle East. If there's going to be a thug, they're going to make it a dark skinned black person. Mm -hmm. Like, at this, can I watch something without? Ugh. Yeah, it, at this point, it's just a shame <laughs> because it's just showing y'all's lack of, of creativity. You know, you know how simple racism is. You know, yeah. it's so simple. You have years of material, baby. This is not this is not something that you you came up with because you you're you and you have the dark humor. You're the god of dark humor. Ha ha ha! Like okay, no. and let's stop saying racism is dark humor. Never. It is not. Nothing Continue. you're saying is original. Yeah, it's it's just like I. You should be ashamed of yourself as a creative. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. I know. That's why it's so funny. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself as a creative. If you look at somebody who is um, Arab or if you look at somebody who is a, a hijabi and the first thing you think of is casting them as a terrorist, like you should be ashamed of yourself because that is a terrible thing to reiterate over and over like they have they have heard enough you know like they it's time <laughs> they have heard enough this is not funny it's so funny <laughs> i'm i'm sick because i'm like i because i don't know if it's just me like i'm i consider myself a creative but i don't I'm, i don't really work in the entertainment business or whatever um but if i see somebody i don't i don't do that you know of course it's implicit bias but it's like i I don't. I doubt that you look at someone like terrorist, right? like Amber, or thug, like no. It's just... Drug dealer, absolutely not. And then you go so far as to formulate a a, a, a plot, a character, a, a story. Like, it, it wasn't even like a passing thought. Like, sometimes you can't control a passing thought because, you know, the way that uh, racism works, it's, you know, indoctrinated in everything that we do. So you, you, can, you can't really control a passing thought. But what you can do is control how you perpetuate that. And it's really tragic that y'all are continuous, continuously creating these stories where these characters are typecast 
and just just straight to the point, straight to all the years of racism, just right there. Thank you. Congrats. You really did that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. And that's why when you and I watched Hollywood together, which we literally sat down and watched <laughs> it once a day, we, um, oh, if yeah, Hollywood on Netflix uh, by Ryan Murphy. Yes. Um, they did, uh, the whole plot of that is if Hollywood would have been the forefront of the civil rights, you know, era, how differently would our world be today? Which I thought was an incredibly brilliant concept because I've said it all the time, the things that we do in our art influence how life operates. So if all people are seeing are black people as thugs, you know, um, Hispanic people as drug dealers and Middle Eastern and South Asian people as terrorists, people that, you know, where we are, these people, if we weren't in our communities, these people wouldn't know black people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like they wouldn't know, they would not know a black person. And so all they'd be seeing on TV are black people are thugs. Yes. And when you see that over and over and over again, you start to subconsciously believe that. Yes. And so when you're in a space with a black person, you're like, oh, let me let me back up. Let me clinch my purse. Let me call the cops on them. Yeah. And then you get on the news and you look like a Karen and now you're confused. Exactly. Exactly. But that's why representation is so important. Exactly. To not just show people in their stereotypes. It's just to show people like just give me life. Just give me normal life. Nobody's doing anything extraordinarily crazy or illegal. Yeah. And they're just living their lives. <laughs> and I want I also want to say that there is a time and a place where you can create a, a film that's a commentary on yeah. on like the stereotypes. And I like Boondocks does that very oh, well. Oh yes. Oh, that's a whole nother discussion. Me and Bo- oof. I love me some Boondocks. But anyway, yes, like <laughs> the, the stereotypes that were perpetuated there had a purpose. You know, it wasn't just there to um incite that type of behavior it was there to critique it um which is something that i would like to see <laughs> but it but i i also just want a film in which i can watch mindlessly and just enjoy and enjoy it without having to freaking think because it's just sometimes with black people y'all just love to make us think pieces and i really don't understand why <laughs> sometimes i just want to just watch and enjoy and have a kissing booth little freaking moment. You know, like it's it's just I I don't know. You know, we don't get that uh, sugar plum pop. You know, little cute little <laughs> movies and the what the what the what sugar plum pop kisses heart shape <laughs> live laugh love type movies. We don't get those, <laughs> not really. And honestly, I'd extend that to uh, people of color in general. Honestly, I'd extend that further to minorities. And it's it's just like you know again time and place if you want to do a hard hitting think piece you know that's fine but I, I still want to see just joy you know like minor struggle but joy please or a struggle that does not relate to their race oh yes that part mm-hmm. like let's let's make their life hard for some other reason let's make their <laughs> life hard because they wanna. They want to go to the moon, but they'd never learned seventh grade math. Like, let's make <laughs> it hard for another reason. Like, let's not make it hard. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I challenge, like, I challenge Hollywood not to do caricatures of people of color. 
just I I challenge. That's it. That's that's all. <laughs> that's all. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and like to transition, like also we're talking about diversity on screen, but diversity has to permeate all parts of the creation part. process. It has to be everywhere. And an example in which people are upset when this didn't occur is the new Mulan movie. What's your thoughts, Jordan? <sighs> okay, personally, I haven't seen Mulan. I haven't watched it. I think, is it? Yeah, it just came out on Disney+. Plus. Um, but, okay, so they checked off the box of having um, Asian actors fill the screen, Woo! which is more than I can say for a lot of films because... Sometimes they 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 be casting the white non Asians to play <laughs> anyway. So embarrassing. But apparently, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> there were little to no Asian writers um, in the room. No Asian people were on the crew, like the production side of things. Um, and for me, I've heard. A director, very prominent director, say that when you have people of different backgrounds in the room, not to fill a quota or anything, it just makes the project better. Mm-hmm. Because if Jordan Rice wrote a story and didn't get any opinions or influence from anybody else, that would be a trash story. Yeah. Because it'll be completely one sided. There'd be no insight. There'd be no conflict of thought. There'd be nothing like that. No conflicting ideologies, anything like that. No insight from someone else who's not me. And I feel like that's super important, especially if you're going to do a movie about a whole um, race of people. For you to not have the race of people in the writer's room, there's only so much research you can do. Right. Like, Google will only help you so much. And there's something so profound about people's experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can read it, you can read about uh, racism, whatever, all you want. The textbook definition, how it, can, you know, affects the world, whatever. But when you talk to somebody's specific experience and you harp on that, you are getting a more well-rounded understanding of a topic because that's from a human being, you know? That's directly from their experiences. I just, it's really lost on me how you expect to, okay, here's, well, let me stop. The first, the thing that made me upset, and I'm not, I'm not Asian, but the thing that made me upset, <laughs> this, Thank is, you. I, I this, this is black rage, and I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not Asian, right? <laughs> this, is, I, this is black rage. I can't imagine how they feel. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm angry for them, but, um, how how okay girl how are you gonna create a movie right and you're basically taking out the disney-esque-ness of the movie so the way that they're meaning what meaning like they're taking away the childishness you know they're taking away the bright colors the, 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 the you know oh the song the, yeah the sound okay. the dance the 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 things that are disney's known for you know the, the cute little you know whatever mooshu's gone Stuff that's appealing to yes. younger audience mooshu's okay. gone you know the song's gone yeah Okay, first of all, what? That's trash. Okay, sorry. You Continue. know what? I, again, 
I was just here for. I just want the song. That's why I just want the yeah, song. Yeah, I like the play. I like the soundtrack. But it's it's okay. I I see why why they were doing that, right? I I see how they wanted to give you a more cultural moment, give you a more historical moment, which was fine because once you explain it like that, I'm good. You know, once you have a purpose mm-hmm. for taking out the things that people really really love, like the songs and Mushu and all that, um, you, you know, I'm fine. However, comma. <laughs> How you how you gonna market it like a historical piece like like this this telling of a very real very um very realistic story mm-hmm. and not have the people who would know or have an inkling of the folklore in the writer's room or in the in a part of the production what is that. What is that? What is that? Because oh, a white refrigerator. A white refrigerator. <laughs> a white refrigerator. Because it doesn't make sense. If you, there could be, there could slightly be an argument if you were just doing a Disney movie. You know what I'm saying? Like a very cute little thing. Because accompaniment and all that can be done by kind of. And no, I still think there should be. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like no. You're right. But I, I, I can see how they would try to spin that. You know, and make that. I wouldn't accept it. That's, That's called true. white comfort. <laughs> and they're trying to get me to be complicit in that. And I refuse. You're right. I refuse. You're right. But it's like, it's worse. It's, it's 10 times worse when you are trying to talk about the cultural significance of the story of Mulan. And you ain't got nobody mm-hmm. in the culture in the production or like in the, in the crew. Girl, what? A white director? <laughs> really? Like, I, just, I really just don't understand. There's a way that they can like communicate in like I just <laughs> it's just there's gonna be a natural disconnect between the director and the content of the story. Like there's no way he's going to have it even if he researched it like for fifteen months, you know, straight. Though he still wouldn't have straight. <laughs> he still wouldn't have that connection in in comparison to somebody who has stories, you know, or has an understanding of the culture at large because you know that just because it's in a uh, an older time period there's still aspects of what's going on that are still in that culture right there's no way that mm-hmm. it's just girl jail <laughs> jail i'm angry for them wow jail i just don't understand well on a on a on a tr- on a <laughs> trying to make you less angry okay but even though the anger is very warranted what are some shows and movies um that you feel if we haven't already stated them that they had good representation in front of the screen in the writer's room you know on the staff that you would like to see more of because that's really important because like you said we're progressing we're getting some more of that energy there but we know we still got a long ways to go yeah uh so yeah so okay (laughs) let me think first and foremost i would say like how to get away with murder how to get away Mm. with murder queen she's a queen is such a piece of work and not in a bad way. I don't know why I said it like that. But like, a, it's like a, it's a body of work. Like you, you can enjoy it. Whether, whether you like the topic of discussion or how they do things, it is, it is well done and it's well made, you know? And it's not necessarily speaking on the Black experience, but, you know, we have Miss Viola Davis 
killing it as Annalise Keating. Killing it. And now, if you know Viola Davis, she is a dark-skinned, beautiful, beautiful woman. And I would say, not I, I, um, I don't know, but I want to say she's one of the first leading dark-skinned women in a film. I mean, not a film, in a TV show. So just her and her power and the way that she just kills that role is just something I just, I want to see replicated. I want to see it everywhere. But Miss Viola Davis is one of a kind, so maybe I'm just doing too much. But I just, I think that just the power and 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 what she provides to that role is just, uh, does it to me. I live. I live. What about you, Jordan? So going on that tip, things that have been produced, created, written by Shonda Rhimes, I'm, I love. Um, and I'm saying her because she's on the more production side of it, having and making a, an effort to include more, not only women, but women of color yes. on her staffs and on her teams, which I appreciate so much because honestly, it just, it just makes the product better. Um, in terms of like, well, this show has people in front and behind the camera that are African American, and you know, but for me, Moesha, Ooh. I stand, I stand. I don't know the past tense of stand, but I did that, <laughs> and I currently stand. I was it stood? I stood <laughs> and I stand. Um, well, okay, conjugate. Stop. Yes, Moesha, because. Yes, their blackness was a thing and it was important to them and blah, blah, blah. But it was, I always want a coming of age type thing for black people. And that really, that show really just made me, one, excited to be a teenager. Mm. But two, I I just loved this girl. They would, she had braids, you know, she was darker skin. Everyone in her community, they were successful. Her dad was an entrepreneur. And things like that. And it just made me feel like, as an actor, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And it really inspired me to, like, something that's really important for me as I continue is to be someone that little black girls can look up to mm-hmm. and be like, I can be that and I can do that. And then when I am in a position where I can write and direct and create jobs for other people to also bring up people like that who want to still like expand the space. Yeah. That is the most important thing for me to be able to use my platform to not only have it benefit me, but benefit my community and the people who look like me, who didn't see themselves. Iconic. Iconic. And on that note. Well, on that note. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> great vibes, great vibes. Ooh. You can close it out. Okay, on that note, I think that's today's episode. Thank you all for listening with us and listening to us talk. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.